Hello and welcome to The Point of Everything. Today on the show are two of the people behind the independent Irish music compilation A Litany of Failures, Volume 4, Danny Carroll and Stevie Lennox. They also make music in their own right. Danny's just released Cheesemonger as a single, which features on Litany of Failures, Volume 4. It's a little taster of more music to come from him in due course. He's heading out on tour with Laurie Shaw later this month, hitting Casey's in Wexford on September 22nd, Whelan's in Dublin on September 23rd, Prim's Bookshop in Kinsale on September 28th, Leavis's of Ballet Hob on the 29th, and Plugged in Cork on September 30th. A nice little tour of West Cork there that Danny's got planned. Meanwhile, Stevie plays with a brilliant Belfast band Junk Drawer who are also doing a couple of dates in Cork. They're in the Barras for Clonakilty International Guitar Festival this Friday, September 15th. Upstart Festival in Glenthorne in Cork on Saturday, September 16th. And they're in McHugh's in Drogheda on September 22nd before they head out on a UK tour with Super Chunk. So both acts feature on A Litany of Failures Volume 4 alongside 20 other artists. Some you might have heard of, some you might not, some you'll like, some you might skip. As the press release says, the compilation aims to document the independent music community in Ireland and the sheer wealth of creativity throughout it. A Litany of Failures began as an EP featuring four acts in 2016, but grew considerably in the following releases to 18 and then 22 tracks. Acts featured this time around include Moel, who opened up the compilation, Elaine Howley, Traw Faudin, Junior Brother and Nisha Roo. For this chat, we're going to talk through all of the acts with Stevie and Danny, give you a flavour of what to expect, talk about how great the acts are, and touch on various subjects like, say, the Dublin and Belfast scenes, in air quotes, how the music has diversified since volume one, and yeah, we're just going to celebrate Irish independent music. You might also hear from the third person who helps out with the compilation, Paul O'Connor, who features under the moniker Lysehead. Yes, he has a song on volume four. He was on holiday in Portugal, but maybe we just had to hear from him during the chat. All will be revealed. You can get Litany of Failures volume four and volumes two and three if you don't have them already at Bandcamp. Go support Irish music. We'll hear some of the tunes from the compilation sprinkled throughout the chat too, but it is 22 tracks, so just keep that in mind as to how many we'll actually get through. You'll hear Stevie's lovely Belfast accent shortly, but I started out our conversation by asking Danny what the initial idea was for a litany of failures. Here they are on The Point of Everything. Initially, I think it started with Paul O'Connor, who um, has recorded some voice notes for us, but we'll get to those in due course. He and I were in bands. His band was called That Snake. (laughs) My band was called Shrug Life, and... We'd done a few gigs together, and then he said, oh, what if we do a split release together? And I thought it might be more fun and like fruitful than two Dublin-based bands doing a split. Instead, we could 
involved some other people from beyond Dublin and then yeah essentially like do do some gigs outside of Dublin as well do do three gigs instead of one at which point Junk Drawer would have gotten involved yeah yeah I remember you guys giving me a shout and it was, was like oh that sounds like a great idea we're we have no idea where we're going with things so. we're all baby bands yeah, really very much so and yeah I think there was maybe another Belfast band at the time and then you suggested Oboland as well mm. who I was a fan of anyway from like afar and all the bands sort of it all felt like it was sonically in line with each other really all very fairly uncommercial yeah fairly scrappy little plucky upstarts I always say that Oboland are like such an underrated oh, yeah. band as well aren't they from Galway for mm-hmm. sure um yeah, really looking forward to hearing what they do next and the current iteration of it. It's yeah, it's cool to see Niall's music evolving, and yeah, I've always loved what he does. Yeah, I love watching him play guitar. Like we played <laughs> yeah. a couple of shows, and it's like it is an extension of his arm. The guitar just kind of bends around his form, and he his form bends around it. So it's a joy to watch him. Yeah, uh, whenever the song is into inevitable instrumental section. It's like, Oh, <laughs> those shows are really fun. We did three shows in June 2016. Belfast show, Belfast show, Dublin very chaotic show. Dublin show. Oh, I, love, I love these yeah. knowing laughs. Yeah. These knowing laughs yeah. between. Uh, <laughs> I think it was Sweeney's basement, Sweeney's. and they had no gear, and they had a sound guy that wasn't a sound guy, and this yeah. kind of thing. I think I can really like I can put the boot in because that venue doesn't exist anymore, yeah, so it's that's fine. It. But uh, it was it was um, a bit chaotic. I know. I think the sound guy was just back from a music festival and really still very much mentally there. Yeah, I think <laughs> oh, it was. We were shocking. I remember being quite embarrassed to play in front of a few faces I knew from like the Dublin music scene. It was like, oh, um, my experience was uh, the band that Snake. They the they had a guitar player that played through like a bass amp, or he did sort of weird stuff with his amp, where basically he put like he was like playing bass on guitar, you know, and he had like. We, my band went on after him and I didn't think to change the settings and apparently I was just playing with like very bass bass anyway these are the what the gro- horrors the growing pains totally growing undermines pains. your entire thing oh didn't it just mm. yeah yeah are, are bad gigs like formative yeah of course yeah, yeah like you learn a lesson sort uh, of thing do you like I'm oh, not yeah. going to be like uh, like drunk or something playing the g- or something like that I, is I it? definitely learn more from a bad gig than a than like 10 good gigs for sure there's just certain things you know you don't want to run into again um certain things about how to set up your sound so things can't change once you start playing it's just lots of practical things that just come instinctively whenever you've been up against it a bunch of times so that first ep that first litany of failures ep that was all the four bands on tour together was it yeah Mm mm-hmm and it did well enough that you thought the, the next year or two, was it two years later? Like, hmm, maybe we should uh, do this again. I don't know if it like went well. It was enjoyable, it's I suppose. So, I mean, it sold out because there were about 20 tips. I yeah, think. there was um, very few of them. Yeah. But they were gorgeous little black, like blue and yellow uh, cassettes. And that was, yeah, I never thought much more of it until you might have mentioned it. I don't think it was me anyway who mentioned the second one. Myself <laughs> and Paul met up again, mm. yeah, and we used to, Paul was living in Dublin at the time, um, he lives in Limerick now, and yeah, we would go to Simon's place and uh, I guess a couple of years later we thought, well, what if we do this and we do something bigger? I mean, I even feel now with Litany of Failures, the only reason it exists is, is because 
there's a clear and obvious void there. Like it's an open mm-hmm. goal. Like yeah. it seems obvious that this kind of thing should exist and it baffles me that nobody else who's more sort of savvy, savvy does yeah. it because we're not that, you know, we're yeah. not very like driven or savvy. It's very much one of many plates that are spinning in our lives. Yeah, very much so. What, what do you see the, the void as? Like just taking, I mean, I, I would describe it maybe as a snapshot of a scene or of a certain time. Maybe is, is that what you're thinking is the void that you filled or is there something else you're thinking of? Um, A bit of it all really like... I guess the, the like the the DIY music community kind of exists as its own wee thing in the minds and like the friendships of everyone around the island, but a lot of them maybe don't know each other. I remember like, playing down in Dublin and chatting to people. It's like, oh, you know Paul from that snake, and they're like, oh no, I don't think I know him. I'm like, oh, that's strange. And you just sort of think it, it just kind of draws together a few little like creative ley lines. I think like there'd be a lot of like you see a lot of like the hip hop community here is amazing. It like drawn together and like supporting each other where I think there might, there might even I think with guitar music everyone's their own like fighting their own little battle and it's very much a us against the world thing and it's like it doesn't have to be like that it can actually be all of us with each other you know without mean to sound too trite I'm always surprised when like I ask a band you know what they're listening to or what was their favorite release of the year or something like that and they just say like a mates band or something mm. you know that's kind of like one of the things i think about when i think of like a scene or something it's so mm. um uh chummy or something you know yeah and i do genuinely think there are bands like really hyped albums i've heard internationally that are certainly really good but there are albums from here that haven't been heard just because they maybe don't have the requisite resources to promote the albums that are just as good as anything um so you kind of want to document that and i think as well it documents bands' growth over time and how scenes evolve. I think the, the compilations become a bit more diversified as definitely, time goes on yeah. too, and that's really nice. Cause I, I think it could diversify more as def- well. Definitely, definitely know? could. Yeah, for sure. Why do you think that is? Just like bands getting more adventurous or acts getting more adventurous? I think, yeah, bands and I think our own ears as listeners as mm-hmm. well. Um, I, I think Litany of Failures definitely started from bands that were playing gigs together anyway Mm -hmm. and continued in that fashion so it's inevitable that there is a degree of continuity because it's you know it's all guitar bands or what have you initially and then that starts to diversify a little bit more and maybe the kind of music that we're all individually making diversifies more and yeah it's it stands to reason that it could become broader i think yeah definitely um, you can see like very real time progression of like oh there's actually some quite a lot of experimental music here in ours more ambient more ambient or folk or whatever else mm. yeah um, but it's I think it's also just the music community has kind of opened its ears I think no one really labels themselves as much as they used to or maybe that's just my perspective but I feel like um, bands aren't necessarily tied to having to be a certain way and even like kids don't label you don't have the like firm emo divide or the firm we're the punks we're the metalers I feel like subculture doesn't exist subculture yeah exactly Um, so I think bands a lot of really interesting bands and acts and musicians that can just draw influence from absolutely everywhere now as well and also we're just able to see it more now I guess so Litany of Failures 2 and Litany of Litany of Failures uh, 3 followed. I think that they got bigger, didn't they? Was it 16 or 19 tracks and then 22 tracks? Yep. 
and this one is 22 tracks. This is 22 as we well. Really so maxed out, I think, in this one. Really, yeah. It was it was tough squeezing everything in, but we got we got there. Could it have been like 50 songs, 60 songs, or were you kind of like, no, 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 that's it's too much? We've got the limitation, thankfully, of final pressing. We're ah, okay. kind of committed to the artifact, um, so that yeah limits how much can go on there. I think, you know, I know for me, like I, I wouldn't have any interest in listening to a 50 song <laughs> compilation <laughs> you know that's what spotify playlists exist for i suppose um where does this album start so is it just like you just talking amongst yourselves and putting the feelers out to different bands pretty much yeah we'll have some conversations about who we've been enjoying whether we have any i guess there's a thing of do we have any music or new projects who do we know have any new projects have we heard about anything interesting that's happening and you can sort of start after a series of sort of Zoom chats and maybe like reaching out to some people. Kind of happens in waves. And then, you know, there's there's things that fall through as well. People just, especially during the pandemic, um, we were lucky with the third one that a lot of people had things kind of backlogged almost. But this one, I think, because it was coming back from it, it was a lot, like the first track we got was probably a year and a half ago now. Yeah, maybe. this one took the longest to get together. Mm-hmm. This one had the longest sort of, gestation period from us initially talking about it initially asking people a few different things tried to get some arts council funding <laughs> got rejected for that another knowing laugh there. <laughs> yeah um well it's really frustrating it feels like the kind of you know i won't no i won't go all chip on my shoulder or whatever but um yeah you know this one took a, a while and it's just whenever you're thinking out of your own time, we're all a little bit older. We've all got a little bit more in our plates. Mm, um, so it's it's fu- like it's always valuable to make time for it, but it, it can be tough. And sometimes you just kind of, there may be a period where you just forget about it for a month or two. Um, I remember chatting to, yeah, it was Connie from Mail, who <laughs> I think she assumed it wasn't coming out. <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, the ship Argo as well, who's on the new compilation, is like, just just making sure you got that track, Stevie. Just making sure it's coming out. Yeah. Kind of like a little cool. nudge. It will, just it like, will, it will. <laughs> I presume you're like bands generally of compilation albums as well. Do you have like any favorites that jump to mind? I know I'm springing that question mm. on you. Um, Bundesrinke. I love. Yeah, I bought Danny We Copy there recently. Um, it's that one that came out in archival and it's like a series of kind of blues, jazz, and just general... Uh, oddities, yeah, oddities, prog. Yeah, prog, just stuff you wouldn't have expected to come out of Ireland uh, in the sort of from the sort of late 60s through to maybe about 1980. And it's just like, oh, oh while all the sort of, you know, uh, church-controlled Ireland stuff's happening, you have this really interest and in like, oh, look, there's all the weirdos we're up to. And I kind of like that idea of like, oh, that's what all the weirdos were up to then. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a that's one from here anyway that I I really love. Yeah, uh, but even, even stuff like sorry, I'll I'll, I'll give you one more. <laughs> no, it's quite all right. Give us the other <laughs> yeah. one, Stevie. Um, you know, it's like Warp Records putting out like uh, artificial intelligence, and it's just this. It introduces you know Autacro to the world, and it feels like almost a portal to a whole community or scene or world of music that you hadn't heard before. And I only heard it in the last year or two, but when I heard it, it was I can't imagine what it was like in like nineteen ninety four. Uh, hearing something like that um so those be big big ones for me um we spoke a few years ago and i'm sure i said popical island that was a huge thing for me they did three compilations um i guess uh, 
you know, the early 2010s. I think the last one was maybe 2014 or 2013. Um, anyone from Popical Island, I'm sorry if I'm getting the dates wrong. But uh, that was very much like lo-fi indie community um, based, well, in in Dublin, but not strictly in Dublin. There was some, some acts from Galway and elsewhere on it as well. And I remember going to those gigs. They did all-day gigs for as part of the launch of definitely two of them and they'd be upstairs in Whelan's and yeah just those bands were really inspiring to to me and the idea of them creating a sense of community from nothing was fantastic hopefully this doesn't come off as like a dickhead question or anything but like (laughs) could could it also have been a Spotify playlist as well sort of thing why did you want to make something kind of physical about it is it is it again just kind of like marking the year yeah I really like have this romantic idea of someone thumbing through a charity shop in 20 years through all the the Perry Como records of like all disintegrated and they find this like a little litany of failures thing and you know, there's enough on the internet that exists about it for it to be researchable but I don't know I think we're all like trying not to be as jaded as possible about the music thing <laughs> but you have these lovely little like things when you're a teenager that you aspire to and I think the idea of finding this like actual item that will exist well until it gets trashed or scratched too much um, maybe there's some perpetuities like it's, it's kind of like a bit of a, an old romantic notion you know yeah. the artifact's important mm-hmm. um, I don't know I remember like finding my aunts and uncles records under bed in my granny's house in Scotland as a teenager and it being like yeah a window into all this music from the late 1970s and early 80s that I'd just hadn't heard yet and I guess I don't know maybe it is different Every, everything is accessible to people but at the same time I think it's important as well for the bands to have a physical document and an artifact so, yeah. like for us I think when we did the second litany of failures and we wanted to put it on vinyl like part of it was like well none of these bands have even been on a vinyl record before ourselves included you know yeah, yeah. and it's i think it's nice to have something tangible that you can hold in your hands and definitely i think i also just the thing i love about the record experience and cd or any physical format not that you can't actively listen or like participate in active listening with digital because i do it all the time but there's something really nice about putting it on and making it the the centerpiece of the of the music listening event. So you engage with it, like going to the cinema or watching TV or whatever. Will we will we see what Paul has to say? Yeah, let's see what Paul has to say. We haven't actually. You should probably introduce. Do you need himself. to explain? Yeah, do you need to explain this? Sure, why not? Um, so Paul O'Connor is the um, the other person that organizes a litany of failures with myself and Stevie. He's on holiday in Portugal. Um, Years ago, we did a Litany of Failures gig at Christmas where Paul pre-recorded all his stage banter. And it <laughs> remains in my head like one of the best things I've ever seen. So I was kind of goading him into pre-recording answers for this interview, knowing that he wouldn't be here. And he said the first, he sent four voice notes. The first vo- voice note is an introduction to himself. So maybe we'll do that. And then he said the second and third can be played at random whenever we want. And his fourth one is a conclusion goodbye. So we'll go for the intro first, I think. Hello, hello, hello. This is the other guy, uh, the third member of what is sometimes referred to as the Litany of Failures Brain Trust. Uh, We 
produce the record and do all that sort of jazz. Um, I cannot make this interview today because I'm in the city of Tomar, uh, the stronghold of the Knights of Templar. And um, uh, yeah, on business. So um, yeah, about me, I'm represented also on this compilation under the name Lycehead. You can check out my song, which uh, Spotify and Apple Music and all those refuses to name correctly. It's called A Purple Brain. But um, yeah, I'm really glad you've asked that question. Um, you see, failure is very important for me. Um, I believe that life begins at birth, but uh, failure begins at conception. And I've had a long, long history of failure, but this story, we can skip straight to uh, the mid point in the second decade of this millennium where I met Daniel Carroll. At the time, I was failing as a music writer and he wanted to, uh, uh, we met each other and seemed to dig each other's vibes mutually. Probably you'd have to ask him, but um, yeah, that was cool. We got to know each other. We seemed to enjoy a lot of the same things and have the same attitudes for a lot of things. At the same time, I was failing to be a concert promoter, and um, I met Stevie because he was playing a. He was supposed to be playing a gig the night that I was putting on a gig as well, and um, somehow. Uh, the gig he was playing uh, failed even worse than the ones I was putting on and he was left him and his group were left stranded without a show in the city of Dublin so I put them on the bill for my show because I thought they were cool and yeah uh, then yeah we seemed to connect and enjoy a lot of the same things uh, have the same like, attitudes again yada yada Anyway, a little while later, uh, I was uh, working on a band um, with some great friends of mine, and we were—we really would exemplify failure quite strongly in many ways, um, both in every sense of the way. But um, I had the idea of uh, releasing one of our songs on some sort of split. EP, and I got in touch with Danny. We talked it out and we said, let's expand it out a bit. So we got in touch with Stevie and um, uh, Niall and the guys from uh, O'Bowland. Somehow that came together. And then the next time we were like, yeah, let's do it again. So we got kind of, we decided the best route to failure was Huber's. So we decided to do a double vinyl uh, with multiple, multiple acts. And ever since then, we've, you know, every couple of years, we feel like suckers for punishment. So we try to hoard 20 artists. Sorry, herd them um, <laughs> towards including tracks on a giant big compilation record. I think it shows... There's a lot of people who will just make great 
music despite concepts of success that some people need one of the prerequisites to get on is that you know that you'd do it anyway so I wish them all success but for me failure is the only way and yeah so if you have any more questions please ask Okay, so we can always refer to Paul again if needs be. I hope that didn't derail things too much for you, Owen. He really illuminated it. It felt like uh, he was explaining maybe how a question I should have asked um, about how you met. So thank you uh, for that illuminating answer. I kind of forgot that I met you and Paul kind of separately. Mm. It's funny how those wee things happen. Those like little weird satellites of uh, <laughs> failure principle. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all eventually collide. So we'll talk to um, some of the acts, all of the acts. There's 22 uh, songs on it, so we'll see how we go, I suppose. Um, first of all, what about track listing? Are you fighting over this at all? Is Are you like, no, this has to go on here, this has to go on here, or is it all very diplomatic? It's been fairly diplomatic, I think. Yeah. Um, Danny led the way very much in this one, for sure, and... Because I, I used to be of the mindset that maybe things should be clustered together and you thought more about flow, which is absolutely the right thing to do. And I think this one flows the best of the three, of the four, the three records. Um, but I don't think we've had any arguments. It's just sometimes, it, a lot of it's more pragmatism of squeezing things on the sides and yeah sometimes it does come down to just how much space is on a side of vinyl and in, in some respects but um how much space is on a side of vinyl 20 minutes uh, up to 22 but you want you don't really want to go over 20 uh generally it compromises the fis- fidelity of the audio and then there's certain things about you know it's as as it approaches the center of the record grooves become shorter and if there's a lot going on on the track it can really low can end, start, yeah. Can issue low end, just a little bit clustered, a little bit of distortion in the highs as well. So you kind of want something a bit more sparse at the end, but you also just don't want it to have this like noisy song, noisy song, noisy song, noisy song, sparse one, and then just repeat <laughs> that the whole way through either. So you have to be very, you just you just want to keep it fresh and a bit a little bit unexpected. Wow. So male are the opening band on the Litany of, Va- of A Litany of Failures, Volume 4. Why did you open with uh, male and their song, Jack Douglas? I think it's about... Oh, wait, hold on. I should know how long it is. Uh, this track by male yeah. comes in at 1.49, <laughs> yeah. 1 minute and 49 seconds. It's just, uh, it's very immediate. Um, and, you know, it seemed like an obvious thing to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I just didn't enjoyed how concise and to the point it was, and yeah, yeah that's that's kind of the the reasoning behind that. It just some things feel like album openers. Yeah, and it's a nice, it's a really nice thing. Even when you're doing your own album, you're like, oh, that's an opener. Like that's thank God that's that done. 
Um, but that was it was nice to get that and just be like, that's a blast of energy because that's what they do really well. And they're having a really good year as yeah. well, aren't they? Like they mm. released their debut album earlier this year. I saw that Iggy Pop played four or five tracks from them on his Six Music show last weekend as well. Um, and live, they're just like... Yeah. last of energy aren't they you love to see it. I'm so glad they came back after because there was that big gap between like their very first single and then um, maybe like five six years yeah, at least probably, maybe, yeah. maybe even more yeah, yeah. Um, I remember seeing them do like a Christmas show and, and it was purely because you know they were home in Dublin yeah. at Christmas and it was this sort of anomaly and, and I, I hadn't a friend of mine actually Nisha Rue who's on this record was like you should really go see this band and this is maybe uh, Christmas 2019, I want to say. Um, yeah, they were fantastic, and it's cool to see the rest of the world realise that too. Yeah, absolutely. Stevie, your band is next. junk drawer and uh what's the name of the track nids niteka <laughs> nids niteka or nids niteka it was this shop that we drove past every single time coming back from band practice it's this i don't know what the shop is it's overgrown full of vines and the sign actually we were about to do a video for it uh, outside the shop i had a whole concept planned out that i wrote in the shower in two minutes <laughs> and it was going to be <laughs> fucking you, great <laughs> how did you write it in the shower <laughs> <laughs> up there um Side note, you can get uh, whiteboards for your shower, apparently, to write all your shower thoughts. I thought about getting it. Anyway, that's where all the best... Oh, that's when I'll get you for Christmas. Where all my best lyrics come. Um, <laughs> my weekly showers. Only joking. Uh, yeah, there's, it's this shop that we go, went past every so often, and I just like I wondered what it was. We all sort of pointed out, because it's like, oh, nids. Because uh, it's just such a strange phrase, and you go and... Uh, Google it and there's a bunch of different like threads on random message boards asking what the SNIDS Niteka was and no one really seemed to know and then I posted about it and a bunch of other people in band said we were going to name a song that or like you know we always ask what that the hell that is I'll give you a fun fact Stevie okay. on Litany 3 O'Bolan contributed a song called Living Island is a Carpet Shop Yeah, and it's true Living Island is a carpet shop that's on a, Talbot Street. That's a really good name. It's a good name. Yeah, Living that's Island. Interesting. The whole song kind of, I'm not going to get into a behind the music thing too much, don't <laughs> worry, but yeah, the whole thing just got me thinking about, um, I'm very, I, I love to fantasize about the past and I really like the idea of the many things that that shop could have been. Um, so there's a bit of, uh, that's kind of what it's about. 
bit of a surreal journey through that. I also would like to say that I, we've been on like the first side in the last three records and they suggest it and I try and kind of blindly That's fight true, it. That's true, yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> Can we not? I don't want to look, I just don't want to look like that guy who puts his own band on his own compilation. Because yeah. they, they don't have to, they don't worry about it's that. It's always at the insistence of myself and Paul that Junk uh, Drawer tends to suit side one. Um, yeah, <laughs> there you go. So, And what's the state of Junk Drawer at the moment? You guys are down in Cork playing Quarter Block Party yeah. last, not last month, in July. Mm-hmm. Um, are you guys recording an album? Have you got plans? We do. We can happily confirm that we're recording an album in January um, with Chris Ryan. Uh feeling pretty good about it we're gonna go down to the meadow for seven days and never really done like a meadow is a recording studio i presume and not an actual (laughs) (laughs) um in wicklow um rain trenches oh class lovely lovely place uh lots of nice gear um hopefully arts council funding comes through for that so we don't end up out of pocket (laughs) um so we're gonna do that um we never really have done an album in a good in a in condensed seven day period, so I think that's going to help us, to be honest, because we're always very piecemeal, and now we might actually have an album that's coherent. <laughs> you guys are <laughs> playing Clonakilty International Guitar Festival. Has it been announced? Good. <laughs> uh, I think it will be by the time this comes out. That's anyway, yeah, we're doing that. We're doing. Uh, we're playing Glanthon in Cork at Upstart Music Festival the next day, so that's going to be a nice trip down to Cork. Uh, we're playing Drahada the following Saturday on the twenty second, and I think we can probably say that uh, we're we're supporting Superchunk in the UK, the like nineties indie rock band. Say so they're not; they're still around, but like their heyday. You know, they were playing with them in November, uh, which should be really fun uh, across the UK. Just like, just didn't think we get even get over to the UK this year, so that's nice. And uh, we've a couple of shows at the end of the year that are still to be announced. Great. Are all of these shows kind of like um, proving grounds for the new songs or have you got like the new songs kind of like set at the moment? Yeah, no, they're still very much in a in process. State of flux. Uh, even thinking back to how songs were recorded in the album, we were still kind of finishing things off. I like having an element of malleability to the songs. Um, maybe it's uh, because we're completely uh, non-committal and far too like bound by choice paralysis whenever we're writing stuff but i think it's i feel like we're closer than we were whenever we went in and recorded the last one but who knows uh i think we've, we honestly just kept getting offered these gigs and they were all gigs we didn't want to not play and more than anything we probably should be writing more and focusing um we have two cork based acts up next uh laurie shaw with the reunion and elaine howley i imagine you'd say that i'm presuming that laurie shaw danny is like a big you're just a big fan of him and like if nothing else for his work ethic um sure yeah there's a a lot to admire about laurie shaw talented in many realms be it you know graphic design or music video or recording yeah, the tune like the tune he gave us at the reunion, that was one that we had back in twenty twenty one, and I personally like it a lot because he shouts out the fact that this is my song for a litany of failures it's at very, the start of the song. Yeah. It's it, it it really feels welcoming. It does, yeah. Um, Production's gorgeous on it as well. Yeah, it's it's a very much in the kind of pulp disco, uh, good time. Uh, milieu, I suppose. Um, yeah, I'm going to be doing a few gigs with Laurie um, end of September. We're playing a pew in Cork. We're playing 
Prims in Kinsale and uh, Levis's in Bally de Hob and Plugged. I think they're all at the end of the month, 28th, 29th, 30th. We're doing Whelan's the week before the 23rd of September. So, yeah, I am really a big fan. Great. And Elaine Howley and Ice Bear are kind of together on this album as well. Ice Bear's track's called Hannah's House. They're kind of like uh, electronic type uh, songs. Is that kind of like the first start of like the thinking about the flow of the album? Danny, I think that you're the kind of the fl- the flow master. Is that what we'll... <laughs> I didn't say that. You said that, Owen. Yeah, I think those two tracks really go into each other nicely. Um, yeah, uh, Ice Bear Ailish is a good friend of ours. Um, really glad to have her contribute to this. It works really nicely after Elaine. And then I was kind of, if we're talking flow, I was really excited about the aberration or the interruption that comes from the track following ice bear which is lice head a purple brain like there's there's this sort of wash of calm that comes over you listening to <laughs> elaine's track and ice bear and then uh paul o'connor's song lice head song a purple brain like it it's so at odds with that and is completely filled with anxiety and it's it's like given it's given its moment to shine because you've created all this calmness before us. So personally, that's like my favorite. Um, yeah, little one two, one two on yeah. the whole thing. I, I guess like Ice Bear is one of the things that are like the the real positives of a compilation. Like I I don't think that I have heard of her before, but then you click through and you see like she put out an album last year. She's got loads of stuff up on Bandcamp as well. So it's just kind of like that's how it's another way of finding music, isn't it? She's incredibly accomplished. Her stuff's fantastic. Same with Elaine. Like her record last year is like probably my favorite album last year. Yeah, for sure. Um, I suppose like with any compilations, I had the same thing with the Popical Island stuff. Like you listen to it because there's a band you know on it, and then it's the track that follows after it that ends up becoming your favorite. You mm-hmm. know, and I love that with compilations that you end up discovering something you had no idea about and even like bands that only put out one song or they put out like something and then they stop that project and do something else and that's the only document of it it's really satisfying love that yeah there's like touch sensitive from belfast put out a like a kind of dark cold wave uh, compilation last year maybe it was the year before and there's a band called mud hutters who i think have like an ep and maybe maybe there's an album but there's this one song on it that is just incredible it's like can uh, like a lo-fi pop can or something but it's just it's like oh how did that even where did that come from and i never would have known about it otherwise they probably i think like i think his hardest thing with getting stuff like that together was finding the people involved because they all have you know they've moved away from the music life a long time ago <laughs> yeah um so i suppose since that's the end of uh side one and we're finishing up with lice should we hear another um voice note from (laughs) paul that seems like uh the natural point to listen to another of his uh voice notes i wonder what question i asked of him this time hey yeah me again um yes i'll field this one i don't know what the other guys have said but um we're really really happy with all the different acts we've had on over the years but the one we've really struggled with and hopefully maybe some of your listeners can get the word out is that we really have always wanted heather smalls from uh, m people on the record 
um, and hopefully volume five could be the one we'll keep doing it until we get house malls on there or at least i will that's my main objective um, a lot of people think it's uh, just an irish compilation but that's just what's around really if we had heather small's number we would we would not hesitate so um yeah i hope that answers your question isn't isn't M people dreams can come true? Yeah. Isn't isn't that them? Uh, that's uh, Gabrielle, I believe. Oh, okay. Actually, <laughs> yeah, um, Heather Smalls. She's you know on the on the 1998 re-record of Perfect Day for um, Comic Relief. She's oh, yeah. well, look at this knowledge. Look at this. She does the um, you're going to reap what you sow. That's her line. Oh, cool. I'm not going to impersonate her. She's one of a kind but yeah that you know when when myself and paul met to talk about litany of failures volume two i remember us like writing out a long list and then coming away with it and the name heather smalls being on there i was like who's i've not heard her actually who's that and he and then i looked it up and it he had slipped a little in joke into the list of irish bands <laughs> and on it goes we have a spreadsheet a litany spreadsheet, we do we uh, like uh, that's heather how smalls is a constant yeah. <laughs> A guiding light. One day. <laughs> I am a brain on drugs. Watching purple rain and spain on drugs. Sticking the phone in the plug. Burning sensation kind of feels like love. Wrapping me up in a rug. Never really enjoyed the view from above. Leaving myself in the fog. Planning your brain. Keep it sane with drugs. Go and tell the thugs. I am not a Side two kicks off with two idiosyncratic acts, I guess you could call them, Jinx Lennon and Miles Manley. They're kind of like not as established acts, I suppose, but they've also like put out a lot of music as well. But the they've failed upwards. They've the, very much failed upwards, I think. <laughs> yeah. Um is it just nice to like ask a band that has put out a lot of uh music just to like contribute something to this? It's Jinx doesn't stop really i've never met the man but i mean you look at his back catalog and it is lengthy it is i can't imagine he just ever stops and baby nits made some uh some beats for it as well which are really intense and incredibly claustrophobic which i love yeah i, I really like that it's a different uh, experience of jinx lennon like mm-hmm. baby nits contribution is is important to that song i think um it's they don't feel out of place like they're they're definitely uh belong on the compilation and yeah there's definitely some people that are i suppose maybe a bit more established in their idiosyncrasies than others but it's it's nice to have them involved yeah 
search results are a band that we were talking about before we pressed record and i think that we all really love this track maybe love the band uh as well i thought that it was kind of fontainesy kind of post-punk e but then it's got that kind of like keyboard or they've got their own thing too yeah that's it every like i've seen them two or three times now are they from limerick no no they're they're from dublin oh okay are they all from uh are they all from Dublin, or are they? they uh, they're based in Dublin. I know uh, that yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, just more curiosity. But um, yeah, because we're playing with them next month, and I'm just gonna, every time I see them, I like shout a bunch of bands. I'm like you remind me of this band off SST yeah, Records, yeah, yeah. and they're like, I don't know them. I was like, they're just naturally very creative band. Um, and whenever I think they're going one way with something, they just speed off diagonally uh, upwards. It's their 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 hell of a band. That kind of post-punky style that um, that they have, is that something that you kind of see when you're kind of thinking about the acts that you want to put on the album? Are you kind of seeing like, you know, that kind of snapshot in time? I feel like it's kind of a post-Gillaban, Fontaine's DC type sound. And like generally in, say, the Dublin music scene, you see a lot of that yeah, at the yeah. moment. There's a good few bands that you could mention. Gurriers would be one example that... that jump to mind is that something that ye that ye can see kind of putting the album together like oh there's a lot of this type of sound on this compilation totally, totally. and i think we're quite wary of not wanting anything to sound too similar as well i know like two i guess was the most indie rock sort of sort of post-punk or guitar, yeah guitar led that's I guess. definitely the most guitar led one that um, uh, when we did in 2018 yeah and as much as you want to document the interest in guitar bands and post-punk bands that are coming up we also want to be very aware that you know the way sometimes it's very easy for maybe just like international press probably think because our biggest exports sound a certain way, um, that's that's our thing. Like there's a lot of other really interesting stuff too. Not to take away from any of that either. Um, we're very much guitar bands, but um, yeah, it's I think it's important to to kind of show the breadth of stuff that's happening too, even but also have a little acknowledgement of that particular um, like little movement that's happening at the minute. You know, shall I? Uh, Paul, what do you think? Hey, uh, me again. Um, having a little trouble hearing your questions due to distance, uh, position, and temporal place. But um, I would say yes. Yes, completely. I don't know what the other guys say, but I'm a yes on that. And on that note, we get to this guy called Danny Carroll and his song Cheesemonger. Danny, do you want to tell me about uh, this? Sure. Uh, It's a song produced by Chris Ryan. Um, I wrote it or recorded it in 2021. It's a relief to forfeit it into the world in 2023. Yeah, I think... Forfeit into the world. That is the, the best phrase for it at this point. The song was an attempt to acknowledge how 
uncomfortable I felt expressing love or or affection via the medium of popular song, despite that being a thing that I do write songs, you know? So um, it's kind of a, it's a song that's wrestling with itself the whole time. Um, and it's, I don't know, it marks a shift from search results, definitely. It's definitely a, a pivot in a different direction musically, I suppose. And just in relation to your own stuff, is it an, an indication of what's to come? Uh, yeah, it's on, it's on an album I'll be bringing out at some point, a nine-track album. I think it's the penultimate track. I mean, there's a gong on it, you know? Oh. It definitely has a, a penultimate track feel uh, and... Thin Lizzy guitar minis at the end, these kind of things. But um, yeah, it's definitely like, I suppose, indicative of, of stuff I recorded in the summer 2021 with Chris Ryan, which is pretty mellow. Everything was written and initially recorded on a classical guitar, nylon string guitar. Um, I've been out starting to gig that stuff as well. Like previously, I suppose I was in a band called Shrug Life, which was like indie rock trio distortion pedals etc etc and this is a bit more of a i don't know singer songwriter carry on Mm. and you do sing and everything's coming up millhouse a classic line from the simpsons is that a line or a song that you've kind of had for ages and you're like where is this going to fit into my into my lyrics um no just it, it that that just came out naturally that's just how my brain works unfortunately (laughs) it's like most irish people it's yeah i feel like you know instead of being able to quote bible verse like irish population can quote simpsons references Infatuated with the effort it takes Notions of fate And having to wait for Connections that really, really matter The triumph in how we surpass Time, distance and logic Too many mistakes of the past Think of me then, and to look at you now Everything's coming up, Millhouse Striding through the rising tide Staring down old doubts with pride I thank God I'm The next song on the album is Trofodin, uh Nalahi Bandarga. They're a band that just seem to be winning over uh, loads of people who see them. I, I didn't get to see them at Another Love Story a couple of weeks ago, but I know people were raving about them. I saw David Kitt uh, put something up on Instagram about how great they were. Uh, have you guys seen them live? Have they like blown your mind no i was just thinking about this um as i saw it approaching their band i've been dying to see live it's just that thing where they're at the far end of the island and i'll have to make a trip to see them at some point but they just 
it's that thing where there's always something really interesting happening down Corkway and it's so inaccessible to me in Belfast <laughs> I wish it wasn't that's where all the, the best weirdo music comes from and it's just like when they give us this song I, I, I was like that's what Trofidine do now <laughs> <laughs> it was like I love it I think it's a, yeah. cra- a class song but it totally just it, I was like that's definitely the right song <laughs> because stylistically it's just not what I yeah opposite to everything else I heard everything they put out I've, I've like bought and consumed a lot they're great yeah, like I would think of them as a trad band, but yeah. all of their gigs are completely uh, improvised by the sounds of it. And then you hear this, which is like it, it belongs, you know, uh, with uh, Elaine and Ice Bear, really, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And Junior Brother, then another trad act, another like established act as well in his song uh, "Nothing Song." I'm presuming that you're both just big fans of uh, of Junior. Kind of, that's it. It goes without saying, I suppose. Um, and it's really, it, it's always really nice um, when a, like a bigger act gives you a song too. It kind of elevates everyone. Uh, everyone's in the same, everyone's in different stages of their career. And Junior's obviously like a, bl- a little bit further on than uh, than everyone and he's doing great. Uh, that's just another great song from, I don't even know what to, what to say. Side three then opens with uh, This Ship Argo and Bog Band. Um, I don't know anything about them. Do you want to... I think uh, This Ship Argo or Belfast? Yes, um, that's Aileen McKenna. Um, she's very talented. Uh, synth wizard, composer. Yeah, she put a song in that European Endless, which I think I think maybe you and Phil Christie were talking about it a while back on one of the shows. She's another one of those people that just knocks out music constantly. Like knowing her personally, she'll just. I think she has like two albums in the can, ready to be released at some stage. Just one of those people, uh, and that's just a gorgeous song. That was a really nice way to ease into the second, uh, the second LP. And Bog Band, Danny. Yeah, Bog Band. That's a new project from Stephen Starr. I think, <laughs> like as I said earlier, like there was a long gestation period between initially asking some of the acts for this compilation and then asking maybe a second batch of people really i think we you know there was a period where we had maybe 12 songs and then six months passed you know and we checked in with various acts saying hey do you still want us to put this on a compilation are you still like we've been slow moving on this and some people gave us a different song or some people gave us a new song as an option if we wanted it um so stephen gave us he said oh i've got this new project bog band and sent us this song that was completely different to the other contribution he has on it and it felt different enough and distinct in its own right and justified to put it on um yeah i haven't got a chance to catch them live yet unfortunately i've been meaning to i know they've they've started to do some gigs around dublin uh i caught them on maria somerville's show on nts a few months ago that was cool to hear them there um and the the track's really good i was listening to it this morning it, it just um i love when bands create their own worlds and especially when you see them live you know you can just sort of go into their space and you're immersed by it and i think they're no different to a lot of acts on here that they create their own world so excited to see what they do big things coming from bog band <laughs> uh you mentioned stephen Starr. he's on side four with garden he I, I don't think that i knew the name before but like on his soundcloud he has like hundreds of thousands of plays yeah. on one or two of his tracks like is, is he just a friend is he just, like paul asked him to be on it i think that was definitely like i mean inevitably like we all suggest different people mm-hmm. um 
there's some people that we're aware of or know personally or like it makes sense for uh you know i'll ask this person i'll ask this person i want to ask this person to be on and um paul would have been aware of Stephen. i suppose they were they were both on little l records that was um a label callum brown used to run and he initially helped out with the first litany of failures back in 2016 so like i suppose i've been aware of Stephen star since then yeah i think you know he's been putting out interesting music since he was a teenager very talented back to side three uh you mentioned nisha rue earlier and she has a track here called future ghost which i think is absolutely brilliant i don't know if we're allowed to say favorites on the album but this one always stands out to me on my uh a couple of initial listens i know that she's got an album coming out uh in october as well which i'm really excited to hear more about but is she kind of an artist who like i don't know you just always enjoy hearing new music from them yeah, I think we we all know Nisha going back years, and she's always been such a champion of yeah, other people as very, well. Very, very much so. And I think initially we actually asked Nisha to be on volume three, and then I think when it came around to pressing or getting it in on time or whatever, the, the material wasn't ready at that time, and we said, look, we'll do it next time. You know what I mean? So that's that's kind of... You know, it's been on our mind to have Nisha on a compilation for a good while, so it's nice to have her on. That's it. If there's like a litany Brian trust, Nisha's like just on the film on the outside. <laughs> she's, she's always like kind of orbited that DIY space as well. Yeah. And I think side three ends with Documenta, Feel Good About Yourself. Mm-hmm. Is this the loudest track on the album? It's Probably is, yeah. It's that or male, isn't it? banging. Yeah, yeah. That's their, like, uh, kind of eliminator. Um, not ZZ Top Eliminator. Uh, Primal Scream of those. Is Eliminator or Exterminator? Exterminator. exterminator. I, when you're saying Eliminator, I was thinking of the end of the show Gladiators where yeah. they had to run up there. <laughs> that was called the Eliminator. <laughs> I'm really sorry. But yeah, it kind of reminds me of like our third album by Portishead, like Machine mm. Gun or something. Yeah, Machine Gun. Yeah. I remember actually, I'm a pal of Joe's. He lives down the street and uh, he played this. He actually played this song in the house one night when we were hanging out and it just beat into my skull so I, they're a band I, I've intended to get in touch with them I think in the previous one anyway um, they play around Belfast they just they don't really play outside the city that much because there's about seven of them and they're all they all have lives so I think do you, do you remember we were outside an Asian restaurant 
in the summer of 2021 and you're just like oh do you know what i'll go ask joe if he wants to be on the next oh, yeah, that's right actually yeah <laughs> i uh yeah just to give like an insight to the professionalism of this project yeah. it it's often like you know get get some kind of verbal agreement in a smoking area yeah. and then try to make it real via emails later mm-hmm. so i always wonder is it kind of like a song on a compilation is it uh, a sign of what the act actually is or is it almost like an offshoot or kind of a yeah. a deep cut or something but is this what documenta are just like banging <sighs> kind of techno not really although their third al- so the first couple their 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 full title is documenta drone pop and that's kind of their thing okay. bit, like uh spaceman 3 sort of spiritualized thing um but the third album what i've heard of it is a lot more varied there's a lot more stuff going on and this is definitely still their heaviest track that i've heard and i'm glad they give us this one to be honest i think it was one of one of their favorites but they're just like do you know what the album's not coming out soon so uh here have this one <laughs> so i think it's hopefully one of their favorite picks i think we're on to side four now hamer place opens it up with saturday nights all right for reading um cracking yeah this is i think that hamer place is a relatively new act is it danny uh yeah it is but i mean at the same time it's like it's ross hamer who is like nicest man in indie rock um on this island he's the dave Grohl of ireland so. I, yeah <laughs> is he, he the most prolific failure do he have the most songs on <laughs> fail and litany he potentially yeah so he he uh, in the past he was in a band called jet setter then he had a project called postcard versions which i still, oh, okay. still think is ongoing uh, postcard versions contributed to litany two um on litany three ross contributed a song with dara from gilla bands under the name 50 years of hair 50 years of hair um and then hamer place is his new project and yeah it's a jangling good time <laughs> the breakdown it's just fills me with joy in this song when it just goes into guitar land i'm in heaven it's that's a great song this is my cheesiest uh, question for you. Pretend that this is just like daytime radio or something that Ross sings and I'm having the time of my life on a Saturday night. But I want to know, what is your favorite way to spend a Saturday night? <laughs> I want to give Paul O'Connor the floor. Oh, I wish yeah. I had more notes oh. from him for that answer. Let's. Oh, this is his last one. Yeah, this is his last one. Um, I'd just like to say thanks for having us on and it's been a pleasure. And um, yeah, speaking on behalf of myself and the other guys i'd just like to say it's been wonderful and yeah hope to chat to you soon again take care mm, that didn't really work oh well <laughs> um i know chalk out one of the failure yeah but look i'm sure that he's going to have a great saturday night tonight yeah over in portugal Saturday night 
Kitchen, Fistful of Cheese Strings is uh, the next song that I have coming up. I don't know anything about them either. I think they're yeah. West Cork based. Yes, uh, Jack Rudden. I know Jack. He writes for the Thin Air and I think moved down to Cor- West Cork to build their own house. Oh, okay. Uh, That'll happen, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think it was a pandemic thing and it's like, fair play to you, Jack. Wow. That's awesome. Um, so, yeah, really good music writer as well, but... Kitchen's kind of the lo-fi, like, you know, guided by voices sort of thing. Um, but it's got its own thing. There's a few tracks he has there, the earlier ones that sounded like mangled death grips, but with indie rock vocals. This is the really, it was one that caught our ears really early on. It was, mm. I think he was one of the earliest people to get on. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I remember hearing um, stuff he was putting out during the pandemic. And yeah, I was conscious of like still having that balance of you know as we get older inevitably like we're not going to the same gigs that we were when we were younger and we're not aware of what younger bands are doing as much and you can fall into just asking you know established acts and that's not necessarily the point of a litany of failures so early on it was good to be asking somebody that was very new to contribute a song is the Dublin just because you're talking about like a scene and like do you think of the Dublin scene at all like generally Danny like do you feel part of just one part of it or like do you I don't feel part of anything Um, and I think that's maybe age and post pandemic so like in in Dublin I don't I don't necessarily I mean Dublin I never feel like there's there's been a scene i think it's a little bit spread out and it's kind of clicks you know as opposed to in limerick for example there's such a healthy scene it's so obvious they have this place that they play and people putting on the gigs and it's all very tangible you can really like recognize where that exists as a scene in dublin everything's a bit more spread out and you get pockets of things I don't know. I need to go out and go to more gigs and actually see people doing stuff. Like, I would say, for example, in Dublin, Little Gem Records, Sunday night gigs in Anshaw. That's a scene, you know, by virtue of the curation of those bills and where it's on. I think it creates its own community. People go because Andy's putting on those gigs, you know. But um, I don't know about other scenes in Dublin necessarily. I'm going to go to Clash at the Keys that Ahmed with Love is doing as part of the Fringe Fest and that's with like Negro Impacto, Effie, Khaki Kid, like that world of hip-hop is really exciting to me. I, I kind of, that feels maybe like more of a scene, more of a community. I'm not really aware of that in a sense in Dublin anymore. I don't have it and I think it, yeah, people can say otherwise I suppose it's, it's the nature of the size of the place too yeah like, uh, exactly Belfast kind of has a couple of pockets but there's generally a little bit of a scene even if it's not like a, like one musical 
style. Um, but yeah, Cork and Limerick both feel like they're large groups of people, all of whom feed into each other and encourage each other to just keep going, basically. And it's that's yeah, the time I feel most part of a community is when I'm in sometimes in Belfast or down in Limerick at that DIY LK shows or yeah, in Cork, just seeing that kind of bunch of heads who are incredibly talented at like improvising weird music. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're at the final three acts now. So Cow with Now That I'm 39, Fonda with Somewhere, and Mantua with Stay Away From My Window. I know Mantua is Elaine Malone's band from Cork. Do you want to talk, Danny, about maybe thinking about uh, the order of finishing up Litany of Failures, Volume 4? Um, sure. I like. I suppose Mantua, that felt like a nice landing place for the compilation. Um, it felt like... a, a the right closer again like there is always influences of of sides um i know that like in terms of the flow of the final side of the records um steven star into kitchen made total sense those two felt really wedded together then i i mean i think the the fonda track could have slotted in anywhere there's there's always songs i like per compilation that feel like they're really like median songs like they could fit into any sort of side of it it just happened to go on to side four um so cow i guess this isn't a flow question but like he's kind of he's had this like personal in joke it seems that he's written a song like from the age of 35 onwards called now that i am so we got now that i'm 39 and yeah like so cow is like a big inspiration to me um when i was first trying to write songs about 10 years ago and it's sort of affirming the kind of things that I wanted to do musically and lyrically so it's really nice to have him on a compilation like I've wanted to ask him to be on one before and it's nice that he contributed great and just like that we're at the end of the end of the compilation I think we talked through um, all of the songs or most of the songs anyway um, and we talked about your own acts uh live shows too you're not doing any like specific litany of failure live shows not yet it would be nice to do one uh, i think we just need to have a chat about it uh, yeah i think that's what we're about to do and hopefully maybe by the time oh, okay. this is out, we'll have, a, we'll have uh, some concrete plans <laughs> you're gonna usher me out and then uh, right yeah. to business <laughs> no it you know it's we we didn't get to do any for the third compilation because of the pandemic when we did the second one we were able to do an all-day BYOB gig in an art space in Dublin, Jaja Studios, which is now defunct. I don't know if you've seen the, like, Club Comfort campaign recently. Mm. So that's, you know... That just came up last week, I think. Came up last week. So that, you know, in and they kind of did a promo video. This is like a new art space that's opening up in Dublin with crowdfunding. But it's, you know, the promo video is, is somebody cycling past all of the closed art spaces from the last five, ten years in Dublin that used to exist that don't exist anymore, Jaja Studios being one of them, where myself and Paul used to rehearse and we used to be able to put on gigs. And I say all this as a point of, like, you need the space and you want to be able to make an event out of it. And there's so many spaces in Dublin that you get ushered out of at half ten for a nightclub and... I think we just need to figure out the logistics of can we do a gig and make it worthwhile for both the people involved and the people going. It's important to do it in a DIY kind of a space as well, is it? It 
it's important to do it in a way that you can have a degree of ownership over the space and yeah it doesn't feel like it's squashed in amongst other stuff like there's and that's not like obviously like we all play gigs in regular venues and i'm not knocking them they have uh you know they have to make money (laughs) like um and it's it's not an easy climate to be doing anything in the hospitality sector at the moment but um in ireland yeah it's nice to not feel like your event is one of many squashed on top of each other and that can happen in other spaces that was a real privilege basically like when we did it in 2018 we were able to do an all-day gig in the height of summer that you know like an atmosphere was able to build over the course of the day and there was a degree of in a nice way like exclusivity and of it being in a different kind of space yeah it was a really really nice atmosphere i think i even remember like that was the first time i met like elish that's ice bear and bunch of people that are even on this compilation that are on have been on that that were then on subsequent litanies yeah it's just that nice sense of community i think there's when you're in a diy space that's totally curated by whoever did it um there's a nice sense of comfort inside of it as well um a venue is just a venue but you can kind of make places like that your own and i think there was like you know a really good vegan curry from paul's partner and there's things i remember from that day uh conversations and so on that uh have lasted i think you get that from from those kind of events spaces is always like a perennial issue in uh cork anyway what's it like up in um, belfast tv it's pretty tough like we've um we were trying to book a show there for december and trying to get anywhere that's open um and not taken up by a club night or something like that uh, a few places have closed a few places are just incredibly expensive to book now as well uh, to the point where it seems unfeasible and there are maybe about four venues max that are sort of suitable for bands our size maybe even less um so it's that thing where we're starting to now maybe think about how can we just repurpose art spaces but i also don't want i want things to sound good too it's a it's a it's always a tough balancing act you know but it's it's hard yeah it's um not as hard as cork seems to have it but it's uh it's not easy not a lot of gigs happening at the minute as well Oh, geez, we're ending on a down note. Oh, no. oh, oh, there's God. loads of good ones yeah, coming up. Yeah, there's loads of good ones coming <laughs> yeah. up. Yeah. On, a, yeah. on a positive note, actually, like, we're playing Drahada for the first time in a few weeks. Um, we're playing Glanthon. I've never played Gonakildi with the band. We've, uh, we've just played Bondoran a couple of weeks ago uh, for Treehouse Live, who are really cool. Um, and it was like, I feel like I'm starting to now see, like, those kind of smaller towns have a bit of a community again, because maybe more people moved away during the pandemic. Uh, back to where they're from, because they're like actually really like value having space and freedom, and I think they're now trying to make their own community out of places like that. So I think uh, it's 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 also like I'm like I'm a culty. I'm remember whenever uh, some weirder bands, or even like in So Watch You from Afar back in the day, like before they even put out an album, and there was a band Lafaro who were a big influence on me in the early days. Uh, seeing bands like that come to your town, who never really experienced that kind of weird noise before, I thought. It, it was very eye-opening and it sent me down a kind of path and it's definitely largely responsible uh, for the reason I, for for still being at it, basically. Still being at the music, as uh, <laughs> Podge eloquently put on uh, Litany 3. Yeah, well, Clannacilty Guitar Festival always has like a great attentive crowd, so you're guaranteed a uh, nice attendance there. And Danny, I was saying to you over email, just like, I think all bands should do a tour of like West or Cork. 
Cork general, and West start, Cork. Yeah, start, start in the city, work your way continually west. So I'm sure that your gigs in uh, Kinsale and around Cork are going to be uh, great too. Listen, thanks a lot for chatting through the whole the whole album. Have you got volume five tentatively? An idea, an email sent, perhaps? No, not even. Honestly, I think, no. I think it, you know, we always need about, like, three to six months at least, like, from one coming out to even have the brain space to think about it again. And previously it would have been like, all right, this will take a year. And now it, it could take two years, who knows, or three. Um and you are conscious of trying to get this done in a time that it still feels relevant. But um, I'm sure we'll have a chat again. We're all spread out. Like Paul lives in Limerick. Stevie lives in Belfast. I live in Dublin. In ways, that's really beneficial to the compilation because we're aware of things that the others aren't. You know, he'll he'll know of bands in Belfast that I won't. Paul will know of things in Limerick that I'm not aware of. And, and that really is to the testament of the compilation. But um, we shall see. Uh, thanks so much for your interest and yeah. curiosity on really really appreciate cool. it cool nice one guys thanks a lot thanks so much <laughs>